Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Hello. And uh, we actually were not here last week, so glad we're picking it back up this week with the podcast. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, heard a lot of different things going on, and I had I had a lot going on this weekend as well. So what was what'd you guys do this past weekend? A few things going on. We were talking a little bit before hit record anyway. I don't know. I don't know what you guys want to talk about. I, Pastor Jamal, I know uh, Corbin and Tahani both came up to me. And All right. Like, uh, uh, you know, Daddy said that uh, you wanted to talk about Star Wars. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like, this is correct. Uh, get your pencils out right now. This is time for a test. Yeah, uh, we started watching the Star Wars series. Uh, Corbin is, <clears throat> you know, jumping into the fat. I guess he, if kids at school talking about baby yoda and like the mandalorian and stuff and so now he's like i want to watch the mandalorian i'm like okay well i was like i mean you really should watch like the whole all of the star wars movies he and i went to go see rise of the skywalker together um and so he's we've already kind of stepped into that journey together and so tahani was like oh, i want to watch and i was like well there's a whole bunch of movies and i i told you this already like i was trying to explain it to them using the lights which is here in the church in the youth room oh yeah, yeah. like certain lights illuminate certain parts of the story you know but if you want to see a greater scope you need to watch these so we started episode one <laughs> we started episode one and uh i, I felt bad because tahani is a she's a, a mo she's a feeler um so we're like we understand each other so Qui-Gon gets bipped and yeah. she immediately just starts weeping like it wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like a like a slow like whimper it was like a I was like what is going on don't don't show her episode three well we are we're already on episode four uh so well excuse me we, we gotta she didn't pick up on we don't show it so if you're not paying attention you may miss it no she definitely so they kill the young ones. no listen she she's she's pretty i'd say she's pretty what's the word astute is that the word yeah. i think yeah, she's pretty astute so when that happened when he died i mean she was just like crying she was like i was like it's okay it's all right it's okay like we'll, we'll get through you'll get through just got to keep watching <laughs> yeah and we watch episode two she immediately is upset because anakin's not not he's not a little boy anymore so when anakin oh. saw Padme, and he was like, "You're looking very beautiful, my lady." She said, "Why can't he be little?" And I'm like, uh, well, he's, "He's now a You're teenager." Like, that makes that romance scene even creepier. That's why. <laughs> so she was not, she was not right. a fan. She was not a fan of that. Was not a fan of the love story. Like, yeah, I, asked, I said, I'm like, so what do you think? And she gave me like a side thumb. I'm like, what? She's like. Yeah, I'm like, what, what? What do you mean? Why don't you love it? Yeah, the first thing she said, well, the first one, the guy died. I'm like, well, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm like, with the story, like, I'm like, who's your favorite character? I don't know. It's okay. I'm like, yeah, well, it's because you know why, and I'll tell you why. Because in the first, she watched the first one, Anakin. She loved Anakin. Okay. So then, by the time we get to episode three, she's having lots of different emotions yeah, about things going through yeah. Like, yeah yeah she's he's a dirtbag yeah. <laughs> she's like why is he Their choking first her first heartbreak she, she's she has been she's got pregnant you can't grab her like that and i'm like 
Yeah, you're 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 you're, you're, right. you're right. You are right. You're like, and your feelings are correct. Hate him. Hate him. She's like, so like, and when he, and then, what I was not prepared for is when you know uh, Obi Wan cuts his legs and he's like, yeah, yeah he's yeah, like, yeah. when he catches fire, it's intense. Yeah, intense. She she starts crying again, and I'm like, whoa, like she's like, and she's like, why did he do that? Why did he have to do that? Like, I'm, well. Uh, it's lava she's like no why couldn't he just why couldn't he just huh, this is not i don't like this and i'm like oh. okay i understand and corbin is like uh, you know corbin's like he didn't have to do that he could have just turned him in and then he could have saved padme and he could have been a master on the council and i was like <laughs> These are very logical. <laughs> you guys aren't wrong about this. Maybe he would have been a master. <laughs> well, well, no. Or Corbin was Corbin. Corbin picked up on it though. Corbin was like, he's like, he's like, May said, May said that if he just would stay there, he would have gained his trust. And if he gained his trust, he could have been a master. I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you know, maybe. Because that would have, I don't know. Like he's now he, he exposed the Sith Lord. Like you. You don't interfere. You're you're showing your allegiance. It it was it was a strong case. I gave yeah. I gave no, him credit. He, I was he's like, right. If it played out that way, I was like, okay, Corbin, you're right. He could have probably been a master, you know. But so they were very much struggling in that regards. And then we started episode. We watched episode four, and they're, we're trying they're trying to put things together. And Tahani's like, wait, Luke Sky, wait Skywalker. I'm like. <laughs> Yes, Luke Skywalker. That's She's right. like, wait a minute. She's like, wait, is Ben Kenobi? Is he? Oh, is he Obi Wan? Like, I'm like, <laughs> you'll have to wait and see. You know, like, so we're we we're now officially we have to start episode five. We'll see how it goes, but you know, they're nice. they're definitely yeah. They're That's so exciting, so exciting to do with you. You know what it is too is that like. Watching the prequels, I already knew what was gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, not yeah, that's the, not part the of the end, difference. But I yeah. already knew. Yeah. That, okay, Anakin's gonna become Darth. Mm -hmm. But these guys are watching it, and they have no. They don't really know. They don't have no that. Yeah. Clue. When Palpatine says, "Rise, you will be called Darth Vader," right? <laughs> like he says that. Corbin's like, oh. He's like, yeah. he immediately is like. He's like literally gripping his hair, like sitting on the edge of the couch. And I'm like, and Tahani's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then when they see him fully at the end, like yeah. as she's like, <sighs> so, and that was the, the main thing she said. She's like, why are they putting that helmet on him? I'm like, well, he's burned. She's like, he had such nice hair. And like, <laughs> You're like, that's when he had hair. <laughs> so I, quick, I quickly understood that my daughter might have had a thing for Anakin Skywalker crush on and, him and, and basically watching him go evil was not good for her psyche or her heart. So, well, yeah. he, yeah, George Lucas wanted him to be a tragic hero. That's mm. how you're supposed to feel, well, you you know, whether he's executed or not. But they obviously felt that, uh, way, yeah, which I would say, I, I guess, so he is. He is a tragic hero. Felt. That is what. What it is. So people post, people like record their kids, like watching it for the first <laughs> I, time. I know. I was watching some of those, and they're like, <gasps> yeah. 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 <laughs> it would have been great, man. They yeah, I should, I should have done that. They, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I, I think Tahani needed me, and she was, she was pretty emotional through through a lot of the different things. But, wow. All right. All so. right. Sad. Yeah. 
I started a fight on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't start. I didn't start. I just participated. It I wasn't really a fight. It. <laughs> it wasn't really a fight. It was more of a Christian Post article about Marie Osmond and how her faith, what a great Christian she is. And actually started this whole storm about how Mormons are not Christians, you know, and that there's important differences. And I think the thing that got me is people were posting, okay, but they are Christians just because they have a different theology. And I think that was the thing that kind of set me off was like, no, theology matters. Yeah. Like theology matters a whole lot. And so, um, I commented about like, okay, here are the things about Christianity that are like, like the non-negotiables, like it's Jesus <laughs> and, and his, his work, not our works. Right. It's the Bible is infallible. And, and so anyway, it led to me like looking and researching a little bit what Mormons believe. And let me just say, Mormons are not Christians, mm, yeah. you know? So I, I know they present themselves as that as the, uh, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They are not Christians. And that doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that they've been deceived. And um, they also believe in Mother God, So, which is something they don't present, you know? So Yeah, yeah. it's like if you do just a little bit of digging at all, yeah. you know, just some a few minutes of seeing what they believe, you, you've discovered that. You yeah, know? I, I just the idea, like what you're saying about them saying, oh, well, you know, salvation is these works, you know, or whatever, like – that's literally what Paul says is not <laughs> like he's like, no, that's not what we do here. So, yeah. 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 So Facebook, I love you, but I hate you because mm. <laughs> it always leads to like conflict and stuff. But but part of me just felt like, you know, there's certain things that I think I don't stand against Mormon people. I stand against Mormonism right. because it's deceiving people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And right. I feel like truth like theology matters incredibly, even though sometimes we don't like to talk about because we think it's boring. But everything we do is based upon our theology, so it's yeah, it's and that's a, that's a really good distinction actually to make. Um, and actually, too, just a cool little attitude because I I mentioned I had done a paper in college and so I had researched them and whatever, and I was like really into it for a while. But um, my guy William Lane Craig, he's an apologist. Like I listen to his weekly podcast and he debates atheists and stuff. But his attitude is. He, I heard him mention one time that I guess they have like a head prophet that like can still hear from God. So he was like, "Hey, you know, we we can still hope or believe that the Holy Spirit really speaks to him, you know, whoever that person is, and reveals, hey, what you guys believe about the Book of Mormon, what you believe about Joseph Smith, those things are wrong. You need to come back into the fold." And I was like, "Wow, that's a perspective I'd never yeah. considered before." Right. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um. Yeah, I was on a virtual missions experience this past week. Nice. Um, it was India through Live Dad. It was really cool. And we're basically, we're looking to see about doing it for the AIM trip for New Jersey students. Um, and then I know you were mentioning maybe doing something with the kids, too, yeah, at church. Yeah, I, I had talked to a missionary friend of mine, Dwayne Danielson, who um, I don't know if he's necessarily involved with the one that you did, but is involved with trying to create some of the... Um, or at least maybe not create, maybe like organize some of them or whatever, promote them. Uh, and he was he was working with some of the BGMC people in the national BGMC people in the national office about trying to come up with virtual mission trips for kids. And I was very excited by that. You know, I'm very excited because I think that's a great way for kids to get involved who can't necessarily go to another country. You know, so 
Yeah, and uh, India was good because I think that's a little bit more prep and like spiritually, physically, you know, like it's it's a little bit more than say like maybe a Latin American country. So it's pretty cool to do that on a virtual trip because, you know, again, it's just probably slightly more difficult to go there and more expensive too. So um, I was like, man, I think people in our church would love it. I mean, yeah. it was a Kingsway church that I sat in on. It was their trip. And uh, I think they're a big missions church as well. So I'm like, man, you know, I think people would really love this. Like, and, and you get like a, you call it like a swag bag. You get all these items. Uh, so it's like a whole cultural experience for the week. You know, you don't just tune in on your computer. That's what I did. I basically just sat in on my computer every day. But um, yeah, I did, I did it every day. They did a five day trip and I tuned in every day because I just really enjoyed it. Like, I probably could have just done one or two, but I, I did three. And then I was like, I don't know. I mean, this is just pretty cool. And and you meet people and like, you know, Indians there and, and people talk about how they came to faith and the ministry opportunities are doing the, the last day. This guy was talking about where he's going to go. I'm like, dude, this is like amazing. So it is it, it pretty cool. Mm. It's a cool experience. So and the swag bag is like a, a kit of stuff that you actually do hands on. Yeah. That comes from that culture. Yeah. So the one. So, again, I didn't get any of this, but the one thing was like they chai is a big deal there where i guess you'd say coffee is the thing here it's chai and so uh they got like authentic chai from india and everybody made it at home they showed you how to make it so i just got like some like some chai tea bags from starbucks <laughs> and drank along but i'm like oh like that's cool you know yeah. it's it, you, yeah. you learn yeah. about it you know I, I tell you what just so the people at home know that as those things become available i'm going to be looking into doing that with our kids because i really love the idea and i think it would really help and to be honest i'm excited about doing it i mm you know want to do it too so yeah <coughs> so let's talk about um the sermon a little bit i didn't have a title for this because it was just like life group sunday i was really trying to think of something but i'm like i don't know i just oh i thought it was better together oh or better together yeah it was was that, that, that not it? it it was just the logo that's what i mean i didn't like uh, name I it you, yeah i thought it was yeah better, toge- I, better I together i thought it made sense i was like oh yeah life group sunday better together yeah, yeah better together all right that's that's what it that's what i'm gonna now call it on the thing when yeah, I posted. Well, I just thought it was, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this makes sense. You know, people b- better together shirts. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is the vibe. Yeah, yeah. No, so um it was great. We got twelve groups and if you're listening you can still sign up freeholdag.com slash life groups. Uh seven in person, five virtual. Steph is leading one again. Yep. Um so shout out to Steph doing one. And she along with a, a few other people when COVID first went down and it was all like, you know, everything was thrown for a loop, you know, she started a Zoom group and uh i know that was really great um but i i think i brought this up before in preaching and like so i was just gonna tell like just get you guys on this like you know again you still just have i at least i feel this that's i guess what i want to know if you feel this sometimes i just feel like that tension of like you got to solve the whole world's problems like so i'm like okay i'm preaching and i think it's maybe because i'm not in a weekly format too like where you have youth group every week and stuff but um it's like okay life group sunday blah 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 then the capital riots went on and you know people are reacting to that and so i guess i just feel like amped up i'm like like well i got i got to speak to this you know so i <laughs> i'm like I, my earlier like brainstorming notes were about like how being in a life group will like usher in you know it'll fix racial injustice and these things and i'm like okay that's in one in a in a in a very very large large way far away i actually do think that that's true i think if everybody lived out the christian faith yes like that is true but okay zooming into like real life you know it's like 
that's what I'm saying. Sometimes like in a sermon, I feel like you got to like, I got to speak to the world's problems and, and fix it and, and say everything you have to fix. So I had to b- really bring it down to earth. But I don't know if you guys ever feel that way when it comes to a sermon or when it, when maybe when an event goes on in real life or not. Well, I think it's the idea like you have a lot that you want to say, but you got to stay on point too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that that can be hard. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just, just I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go here or I'm just going to talk about this thing or, yeah, I don't know if I ever feel that way. I mean, I, I could see where that, I could see how that can be a thing. Uh, I don't know if I've ever felt that way. I think I'm just like, uh, no, nah, I'm just going to do this or my like my thing. I'm going to focus on this thing. Like people gonna get what I serve. Like that's how yeah. <laughs> it sounds really kind of. But that's that's sometimes how I mean, I'm like. I mean, I get it, but you know, I'm, I'm what I'm about to serve. That's what you're gonna get. So, I mean. well, yeah, and I guess it's like wrestling through. Okay, what's going on? What's on my heart? What the, these different things? And like I said, I think it may be also too because I'm not actually preaching like weekly now. So I think I still I feel preach pretty often, which is great. But like um. I th- I wonder if that plays into it as well, you know. Right. No, I get it. You ha- you want to you want to address that. You don't want to ignore what's going on. But on the other hand, it kind of connects, but maybe not really where you want to go. But you want to yeah not yeah. like totally ignore the reality of what's happening in the world. Or yeah, and then, and then you, yeah, you don't want to ignore it, but then you want to get on some soapbox. You don't want to get or, sidetracked either on stuff. Again, then. like I don't always post stuff on Facebook about that stuff. So then it's like, oh well, maybe I sh- uh, I don't know, maybe I should a little more because then it's like. I guess in a sermon, it's like maybe I'm like, well, I have to say something about this now. But if I, because I didn't say anything yet, I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm overthinking. It. I'm just saying. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that a little bit, and you know, you just gotta just yeah, don't do a Pastor Todd and go and you know stir up trouble yeah. <laughs> about Mormons or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you should. You know, like if you have my, I don't know, my, I guess perspective is. You know, yeah, you have a voice and you you get to use your voice whenever you want to use your voice. And so, you know, whether that's, you know, via a social platform or like, you know, one on ones with people, you know, use your voice in those spaces to kind of like, you know, to speak to those situations and circumstances. But, yeah, no, I, I, you, I, I can understand what you're saying, but like, yeah, you shouldn't feel like you need to right, so try to solve the world's problems in like one shot, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so so anyway, you know, it, it was good, and I picked that passage because I did feel that it it talked about unity and stuff. So I felt like it did speak to some of the feelings that exist right now. But you know, again, I didn't try to go, at, you know, try to bring it back down to hey, we're talking about small groups. So, um, you know, and I use this terminology on purpose. Like I said, I was telling somebody, like even the word tribe we're tribal we're tempted to be tribal it it feels like a little backwards almost like oh isn't that backwards to be like tribal so i know and but also people use that terminology and again i said i was watching a show and they said that like people do say those things like oh you know find your tribe find find your group your people but so i said you know we're tempted to be tribal and listed some reasons why um and i said jesus wants us to grow beyond our tribes reading from what he said and what he prayed. He prayed for unity so people would come to faith, or that's how I'm summarizing it. And um, the goal is not to become like one another. It's to become like Jesus, which I thought was like a really Mm -hmm. big thing. He talks about the one new man and uh, everything. And um, peace and unity are the product of Christ's constant transformation. I didn't like park there too long, but like, you know, that it doesn't come from, us all voting the same way or you know that's what you think once the government is stable then we'll have peace and unity or something 
what comes to mind uh, on that it topic or issue is when we talk about the parts of the body, you know, and Paul says, we're not all hands, we're not all feet, we're not all whatever. It's actually our diversity that helps us function more like the body of Christ and yeah. look more like God or, you know, God's intention. But um, there's a certain amount of beauty in diversity that you don't get when everyone thinks exactly the same. Yeah. You know, and there's a certain amount of, of growth that happens when you surround yourself with people who don't think exactly like you. You know, n- now one caveat with that is be careful <laughs> who those people are because you don't want to, yes. you don't want to grow in the wrong direction. That's y- a good you know point. what I mean? But if you're not surrounding yourself with a, a, a diverse, like if I only surround myself with people who think exactly like I do, how will I ever grow? Because we all think the same. So there's never any challenge, you know? So that's one of the reasons why community is so important. That's why growth happens. So I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, no, that's a, a great point. Yeah. Um, and it's, some, it's something, you know, we have to keep doing um, in our life. So, and so I said, yeah, I said in a life group, my life has changed. Someone else's life has changed. But Pastor Jamal, yeah, you you brought us something earlier, which I thought was really good. Yeah, no. <clears throat> so I think part of it is just because um, – so I was thinking about what you were saying, and I was like, yeah, I'm in agreement. You know, I don't – there was nothing you were saying that was not biblical and really honestly straight from the text and how Paul puts it out there. I think there has been in the past, especially in American history um, – Maybe you you know what it is you know how like as a as you know what as a plumber or like a construction guy you get kind of like fitted with a bunch of different tools right and you can use those tools for different jobs and then sometimes you can use tools not for those jobs like it can be a misuse of those to- it can be a misuse of those tools right um and so in American history there's been a misuse I think of some of this language and some of these ideals to elevate one specific tribe over another or to keep one specific tribe subservient to another. And I'm so as I'm listening to you speak, I'm like, yes, I hear this. But then it also sounds a lot like, and I'm not saying that this is you. In fact, you specifically said, hey, you know what? This is not what I'm saying. You specifically said, I'm not saying that we should think like this or that we should move in this direction and that we should all have this type of hive mind mentality. Um, but I, I do recognize that I think some of this rhetoric, some of this language is used in a rhetoric that has been kind of like pumping out <laughs> throughout 2020 and, you know, for some years, honestly, uh, about, hey, you know what? Yeah, these things we see happening to, you know, black and brown people in America, but you know what, we're going to just dismiss that because we're all one, guys. We don't need to worry about these things or we can ignore these things because we're one tribe and God just wants us to be one. And so sometimes it can feel dismissive to some okay. of the issues that are taking place in America to these different tribes, quote unquote, right, of people uh, within America who want to be part of who want to be part of a body that is unified, that does come together, um, you know, 
for justice, not just justice sometimes or justice when it's convenient, but it's no justice for all of us because we're all created in the image of God, seeing the value of people, you know. Uh, well, no, no. So the, you explaining it the second time is, is clicking better for me now. Okay. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And right, like, dude, you're on the money. And I mean, like, so the attitude can be, I think, if, and you can correct me, mm. but I guess it's like, well, yeah, there, this injustice took place. Uh, yeah, but like, you know, um, we're not black or white, you know, we're, we're Christian now. So why, why are you taking this so personally? Why, why are you, why is it, why are you allowing that to hit you so bad? That I mean, yeah, it's an injustice. It probably was wrong, I guess, but like really, you know, you shouldn't be identifying that way anymore. And real, and now it's dismissing yeah. when, when what you're saying is, yeah, what, Hey, when we're one body, if one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. And so what it should be is uh just because i don't have a certain understanding or experience and this these are all the conversations we we're having over the summer um doesn't excuse me from acknowledging what's going on i guess maybe you could say yeah right like so to borrow also too from what pastor todd was saying about paul's analogy if i get a cut on my leg my hands still participate in putting on the ointment they still participate in mm-hmm. putting on the band-aid they still and even my brain participates in feeling those emotions yes. it's still an all-encompassing thing and so sometimes unfortunately within evangelicalism that has not been the case it has not translated over in that regards it's like well the leg is bleeding i don't know what to tell you you know figure it out get you know like but it, but that's not how a body functions my whole body feels that pain and then certain parts of my body come alongside to bring aid but it doesn't always look like that within the church unfortunately which so kind of reinforces that we we are separate or we are separate tribes or separate right. bodies and so then you know, right and at that point and i'm just so now i'm just kind of speaking from the different spaces that i do get to occupy so like it's like a uh, you know it's a it's a i don't know okay yeah it's a blessing like my mom being Hispanic, you know, when I tell other Hispanics, I was like, oh, yeah, my mom's from Panama. I'm immediately kind of like pulled in. They're like, oh, that's cool. Like, and so, you know, and in my, my, my mind, I grew up black. I just was like, oh, I'm black. But like in their mind, I'm half Hispanic. And for their mind, like, I am, I'm a brother. Hermano, like, it's, it's, I'm one of them. Right. And then also growing up black, I have that experience of being black. Like, Black culture, like, dope. You're right. Went to a, a high school that was predominantly white. And so, like, I kind of, like, understand some of those cultures as well. So, like, I have this unique kind of, like, oh, man, I, I can float into these different spaces and hear these different conversations. So, for some of the conversations in the black and brown, you know, places of, of faith, sometimes, yeah, it very much does feel like... Yeah, we live in two different Americas. Two, we have two different understandings of what this scripture means, and like sometimes it doesn't always translate. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, I think it doesn't need to be said too. Like, how that was a good example of like, um, oh, you're half Hispanic. Like, Rebecca's half Puerto Rican. And Shout out! Most people don't Weepa, know that. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, and like the students when they like would find out, they're like, wait, Rebecca's Puerto Rican? Oh, totally just changed. Yes. You know? And like, so I guess in one sense you can, you can be critical and say, well, okay, yeah, well, we shouldn't be doing that then. We we shouldn't, I guess, take pride in, in, in heritage or something. Or yeah, we shouldn't show favoritism. But I would say like, 
Well, I don't think that's true because it still forms who you are. And if we're saying, like you said earlier, Pastor Todd, like, um, well, I forgot how you said it, but but like our diversity is to be valued. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean, and I think that's why I said that, like, it's not like groupthink or whatever. It's not like, yeah, erasing color you, or ethnicity. And you know. Right, and I'm not saying that that's what you're saying because, in fact, you specifically brought up in the in the message yesterday, you're like, hey, the Christianity is the most ethnically diverse movement in the world so it's not you know yeah so this is for our circle right right yeah because because in in our circles in america evangelicals protestant you know even even ag if you want to go there too you know yes okay so this conversation makes a lot of sense but yeah on a global scale you know it's different um it's more actually i read that by 2050, Africa may really become more of like the center of Christianity where it does kind of feel like America and that Europe has become post-Christian and blah, blah. And so America feels kind of like that place and there's a, a large concentration of Christians in America. But Africa, at the rate of people beco- becoming Christians and uh, there was more to unpack there, but just interesting tidbit or prediction or whatever you want to say projection 2050 mm-hmm. africa will be kind of the center of Christ- christendom mm-hmm. as it kind of feels that america is at this point you know mm-hmm. and not that uh there won't be any christians in america but just just to kind of mess with your um your assumptions a little bit i guess mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. again this conversation makes complete sense for our circles right you know so uh, so i guess so i brought i brought that up to say this i think that like I, I hear what you're saying. So now my question is: So how do we? What What is our responsibility? What is uh, you know? What do we do? What can we do to maybe push back against some of that narrative? Because unfortunately, that is a narrative that is kind of seen. You know, like from black some black and brown communities that you know this language. <sighs> is dismissive in in some in some on some levels about the things taking place in America and you know like what what can we do to really be a unified tribe that you know champions you know the gospel the kingdom of god without being dismissive or ignoring some of those things i mean i'm not saying that you i'm I, ultimately i'm asking hey can you solve this issue that is like prevalent within america like i don't I understand that's like wait but i'm just trying to think like you know what some things that maybe come to your guys's mind and how we can address some of those things i don't know that i can speak nationwide because i'm kind of clueless about that <clears throat> you know how you solve those things but i think when it comes to interpersonal things i think it's kind of the idea that we're talking about being in community with people who don't all look like you being in community with people who don't all make the same amount of money as you being in community with people who maybe vote different than you and and doing it with the mind of they're not the enemy Mm -hmm. like sometimes we do have the mentality that it's us versus them with within a lot of different fields and i think that's part of the reason why there's been so much Whatever about political stuff lately, because we've become, whereas at one point we're like, we just want what's best for our country. It's kind of turned into us versus them. Yeah, don't let them win. <clears throat> and and we're not each other's foes, you know. 
Um, and so I think it comes with like being open to learn that maybe, maybe you can learn from people who think differently or voted differently, or yeah. maybe, maybe even if you disagree, maybe you could still listen to why they voted that way because maybe they have some good points. Well, and that's see that I, I just said that as an example when I was saying, oh, how can you be Christian in this? I don't understand how someone could fill in the blank. That's where that one I think, as just an example, like we we yeah that's the that's the truth. We don't know how to understand somebody we disagree with. I feel like that would go really far, you know. Like uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but but whatever. Just saying, like, okay, Pastor Jamal, you know, I disagree with about what you think but tell me why you think that way and you can tell me this is this is why i landed here you know this is why i think this way and i can say wow you know that makes a lot of sense i still you know i have my reasons for what i think about that topic and this is how i feel still but honestly i can see why that's important to you maybe i'm weighing it different it could be a matter of i I don't i didn't know and now my mind will change but it doesn't always have to mean my mind changes it may just mean like okay, that for you is a bigger deal. I'm kind of putting less emphasis on that. I hear what you're saying, but whatever. But what I'm saying is we don't attempt to understand why someone else could think differently. And that I feel like that would go a long way. Yeah, and and even that, that, like, you don't have to fully agree with them. But sometimes when you listen to, like, well, why did you even come to that conclusion? And you realize for all the different walks of life, their experiences kind of do point in a certain direction <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like i, I guess what long, it, I, I guess part of what i'm thinking about is like long before um this summer there was some other racial thing going on i don't remember what it was was it ferguson maybe it was ferguson it was years ago, and i yeah and it, it, it was and i'm talking a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago i had started like i was talking to an african-american woman in uh, in our church, and I had said, "Well, when you were growing up, like, were, like, what were your experiences? Did you feel, you know?" And, and she said, "Oh yeah, when I would go visit my family down south, I was afraid." Now this person is only in their seventies, so you're not talking about like generations ago, mm-hmm. you know. And, and though that's not my experience. I can't say, well, you're wrong. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that is the mentality But that is what we do. Now. It is we, like, well, you shouldn't have felt that way. Right. Or well, that's in your mind. Or that didn't really happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, that didn't, your didn't mind. really happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah. And I, and, I think, and I think just taking the time to be like, like, I don't know, trying to listen to somebody. I, you know what it is? Uh, well, I think sometimes... We ask those questions or we're only interested in other people's opinions and experiences so long as it helps to justify something we already think. Yeah, I was talking to somebody after church. It's talking about confirmation bias. Yeah. And so, yeah, just like only basically selectively hearing what anything that just confirms what I already think about anything, you know, whatever. So in this case, a person or a people group, Mm -hmm. you know. Instead of really trying to be open to understand our brothers and sisters, you know. And, yeah, I, w- I would say, like, a couple of things. You know, first of all, anytime I hear, like, questions like this with the sermon, I always want to answer with the sermon. So I agree with what Pastor Todd said. I think being in a group, being with somebody different than you, and that was the idea of the sermon, 
<clears throat> but even with um like what you were saying pastor jamal in your question and kind of race stuff and the body of christ part of it and i think we were doing these were the conversations we were having as christians more in the summer and i think this was good because it really helped me a lot is just having conversations with people who are different than you and i would recommend <clears throat> anybody you can go back and listen to it's it was published june 8th 2020 we did a podcast episode called racial experiences in the body of christ and so that's where a few people in our church shared about their own experiences so if you're like me and you're white and christian and potentially again you listen to some of this and you're like oh, okay well i don't know about these things you know that was really great for me because i'm like okay i didn't know that people can come to our church and feel this way i didn't know this or that and so that's one way to begin to come together more as a body and again it doesn't mean uh i, I would just say that it's one way it's one way that we can come together begin to understand more and like you're saying if, if the leg is bleeding Again, I don't. I, I guess. I guess sometimes the attitude feels like, oh, so in uh, using this analogy, the the leg is bleeding. So what? I have to cut my hand too, so we can all mm-hmm. feel the pain. And sometimes I think the attitude does feel that way. Maybe in the world, maybe not in the church, but in the world, race talks and things, it can feel that way. And maybe that's why some of the resistance is there. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's why I like <coughs> what your analogy just was. So it's like, hey, how can I acknowledge that this is happening and grow myself and then just the other thing i was going to say was i think too there has to be an element of in all this that i'm not perfect and am i willing to grow because basically you don't want to have these conversations and you don't want to be with people different than you if you're convinced you're 100 percent right but if you can admit to yourself i know i'm not perfect i don't know everything about the world Uh, i hope i'm right on more things that i'm wrong about (laughs) but my goal is to keep getting it right and be on the right side of things and and know what's up now if i can admit that though now i can have a conversation with somebody different i can say well why do you think that i can say well i never experienced that but wow you did okay and you know so i think there's an element of am i am i willing to grow am i willing to admit that i don't have the you know view of everything perfect and I think you can even remove the word being right. Like, and I guess what I mean by that is it's not an issue of you're trying to prove a point when you're listening to somebody else yes. and their experiences. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, it's not about me being, your experiences being different than mine doesn't make me wrong and doesn't make you wrong. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's like, like, well, if you said that happened to you, then you're pointing your finger at me and saying I'm a bad person because I didn't experience that or because I did experience that. And it's not the issue. The issue is coming alongside of each other. And and uh, I don't know. I, I guess we just have to get away from that that mentality of us versus them winning. And, and that's a good point, too, for those of us who, ha- you know, yeah, we can look at somebody else and say, well, you didn't experience this, so you don't know. And, you know, now that's that's another element that maybe needs to change. Like, hey, this is my experience, uh, of course, sure, and uh, we're talking about race, but also maybe in life, maybe my experiences yeah. before I came yeah. to Christ or whatever, or even since, or I, I've been hurt in church, whatever you want to say. But that's the other angle we can bring. So for those of us who maybe don't, if if you're talking being on one side where, man, I don't know, I didn't know this was a thing. I have to let go of being right. I have to let go of trying to prove a point and be, be willing to grow. 
if I'm on the other side, whatever the context may be, and I have experienced this, this is difficult for me, again, whether that now be race issues or it be an experience you have, what I need to do is now not say, well, your, your, your ignorance, you're stupid, you're, you're lower than me, or, you know, that's maybe an element. Too. Yeah, I think I think the answer for that is is in what you said later on in, in your message. You know, tribes don't produce peace. So ultimately, if you're in that regards, you know, if you're in that in this scenario and you're like, yeah, you know what? I feel like there is a tribe that has been elevated above other tribes and kind of projects onto other tribes that they need to be subservient and you know to this tribe. You know what you don't need to do is look to that tribe to be your peace or bring about the salvation and the hope that you're looking for. Ultimately it has to be Jesus. And so, and like I get, like I said before, you made it very clear that you're not, you know, Hey, this is what we're not saying. This is what we're saying. We're saying Jesus is the whatever, but for that person who's struggling, maybe, and there's some hurdles there to get to that point because the rhetoric sounds like this, and you've seen some of the evidence of that rhetoric in some some evangelical spaces and churches. You know, I would urge you to take just a deeper listen, maybe to what Pastor Matt shared, and 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 understand that he brings it back and circles it back to Jesus being uh, the source, being the peace, and being you know the thing that you cling to. <clears throat> That's not always easy, uh, and sometimes yeah, it's hard because. Um, you had mentioned too about the walls that come up, you know, some of those walls do come up because of religion when well, we don't want to talk about that. That's another podcast for another <laughs> day, but yeah, some of those walls come up because of religion and because of people in religion and in faith. And yes, it can be hard, but ultimately if you're going to be healed of those hurts and those walls are going to come down, it still has to come and circle back to Jesus, the one who is your hope, the one who's going to be your healer, your prince of peace, as you said uh, on Sunday, Pastor Matt, like it has to come back to him. And when we hopefully when we come together and we heal together and we hope together, that's when you start to see this idea of this one community shining on this, you know, shining on a hill uh, for the glory of the king. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's why I had said <coughs> it's Christ's constant transformation I think we're all hitting the reality of like this isn't 100% realized. And I think there's an extent of every generation needs to do this. So, you know, just because whatever, every generation needs to do this. But again, this is the reality. So like you said, our hope is in Jesus. That's ultimately where it comes from. And now because my hope's in Jesus, now I can look at where I'm at and say, how does this community need to become more like Jesus? How do you want me to become more like you, God? And um, we all we all try to get there together. And again, it's it's constant because as soon as we're not, that is when we can start to elevate one tribe over another or, or that's what we're saying. Well, we are where we are the new tribe. So as long as I'm constantly allowing God to transform me, that's how this continues to happen. You know, I want I feel. So. But cool. Um, that's uh, thank you for bringing that up because I actually did kind of think some of that as I was I was saying earlier before we hit record I some of this did cross my mind and I kind of went there anyway so that's great and also I wanted to say this because I didn't really highlight this in the message and I'm gonna give you guys a chance to share like I I would have liked to say you know hey so if you're a teenager in the room or well most of the kids are next door for at least for second service but like you know 
kids ministry, Novation Youth, those are basically life groups for that age group. And so so for teenagers in the room, I, I meant to say, and I, I passed over it, but like, hey, uh, your life group is being Novation. You have amazing youth leaders and stuff. So I don't know if you guys wanted to speak to that at all, like, uh, or what do you do? How does community happen in, in those ministries? I don't know if you wanted to speak to that, you know. <laughs> I actually spoke to this a couple of years ago during a bus- annual business meeting a little bit. Um, it was a, it was a little bit of a charged discussion on my behalf because I felt kind of intense about it. But so I'm going to try not to be intense right now. But no, nah, man, be uh, intense. <laughs> Bring that same energy. So, so same energy, bro. Let me just share my observations and then you can do with them whatever you want. My observations are the kids who come regularly to kids church who come regularly to L4C slash preteen now activities who come regularly Wednesday nights. Those are the kids who grow in community. I have find that I have found that the kids who only come at once every blue moon feel like they're not connected. And one of the reasons why I believe they feel like they're not connected is because they're not. It's hard to be connected. And I think this translates to adults too, but it's hard to be connected when you aren't in building friendships within the group, when you aren't in the group to build friendships. You know what I mean? And so I say that to say the kids that regularly participate they do form solid friendships with other believing kids that as they grow, um, those friendships tend to grow too, you know, and it, and it helps them to, to, to encourage each other. It helps them to, Hey, I'm going to, in fact, we, we just kind of had this discussion about, uh, about winter retreat too. Like, like some of the kids being like, Oh, well, are they going? Oh, if they're not going, I don't want to go. But, but it's the idea of like you go to see your friends, but you're also growing to see your friends. And in the meantime, they're growing in faith, you know. So um, so I just want to kind of I don't know if I'm really answering your question. Uh, I got you, Pastor Ty. Yo, your kids not going to feel connected if they're not there, bro. They got to yeah, be there. But no, like real rap, though. Here's the deal. Kids like like and, and we kind of have the same thing even in, in youth ministry, like. I would like to think that our team, and I know Pastor Todd, um, his team for, you know, uh, kids men, solid team of people that he's put together as well. And I know that he puts great work and intentionality into the things that they uh, put forth for their for their kids. Um, our youth staff, we do our best, man. We're like always trying to learn, always trying to grow. We're currently reading through a book, a book right now and trying to every week take something uh, tangible from that uh, chapter we read and figure out how can we implement it right now into our youth ministry uh, via conversations, via whatever. Uh, but we've tried our very best, and, and right now we've got some amazing small groups, amazing small group leaders who take the time to spend time with the students uh, outside of youth group. You know, we really, really do enjoy hanging out and going to their their different functions, their games. We've been to marching band competitions. Even in the midst of COVID, we ended up going to uh, one of our students' marching band competitions, which was pretty cool. Um, 
a couple of our students soccer games um, and things of that nature like we enjoy that stuff and we enjoy being there and and when we when we're involved in their lives outside of youth group uh it just kind of also just adds to this idea oh man you know what we are a family we're you know we're a group of people who care about one another uh, small groups are a space where the students are allowed to share their different things and um, and know that it's confidential there like it's not going to be like kind of like blasted all over like you know um, social media or blasted on you know to the parents you know like you know but in all of that though what we do honestly is we're trying to help parents walk their students through discipleship that's really what our roles are but we can't we're only as effective as you allow us to be like I mean, that's that's really what it is. We're only as effective as you allow us to be. And and we get it. We sometimes some kids are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't want to go. But like you're the parent. If you if you put your student in a position to. I'm. This is just me on a soapbox at this point. So, you know, what I'm saying like this is just what it is. I wanted to give you guys this. Soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like like I get it. Sometimes you say, to, you know, you say, oh, my kid doesn't want to do this. Well, you know what? They're not going to grow. Uh, if you don't tell them, no, you're you're going to do this. Like, you know, and sometimes they would like to think that they're not going to have a good time until they go. And guess what? They have a blast. And, and, and I, then they like yeah. they're like, oh, man, that was actually pretty cool. I enjoyed that. And guess what? The kid that I I am usually friends with, he wasn't there, but there was a different kid that was there. And guess what? I found out I had stuff in common with that kid, too. Yeah. And you just, would not. You're can like, he come over right. next Friday? <laughs> like, it's literally like so like. Yes. Yes. If they're in com- like like for them to grow, putting them in community is so important. Making it consistent is also so important. And then I mean, I don't know. It's it's like I I can, I can go on and on but and, and just so you know, like so here's again my observations. Kids will be in here having a great time, laughing, like dropping some really like deep questions about faith we'll talk about it and then their parents will pick them up do you have a good time yeah <laughs> you know because they don't yeah, want to admit yeah. they had a right. good time but they had a good time yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, and it was true. and it really was feeding for them um I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of how community played out in kids church last week not this past sunday but the week before we had a, a new a new girl come in it was her first time here and she didn't know anybody she came in, you know, I said hi to her, you know, talked to her, said, you know, said, Here, we're going to get started in just a minute. If you want to, you know, here's what we're doing right now while we're waiting for everybody to come in. If you want to, you know, find a place to sit or whatever. We sat down. One of the little girls, probably second grade, I think, saw her come in, got up, moved her seat and went and sat next to her. So I'm like, oh, hey, do you know each other? No. So if you think that like the kids are coming and they're just sitting here and no one's reaching out to them because they don't know anybody, the reality is even, even these little guys are sensitive to the idea of community and are stepping out to make other kids feel welcome. And, and that girl was back this week. She had a great time and, and it wasn't because of, I mean, I would like to say it's because of me, (laughs) you know, I, I made her, you know, that but, you were funny. But the reality the lesson but, was great and entertaining. Now my jokes go way over the head. So <laughs> uh, but but it was actually the kids themselves reaching out to each other. Yeah. And so that can't happen if unless unless we're bringing the kids to really be here with each other. 
to grow like that. And it can't be, this is just my other thing. It can't be just like a one time thing. Like you bring your kid one time and nothing happened that one time. It's not the end. Like it's not over. Like you got to be like, okay, great. Well, you know what? Let's give it a few weeks. Let's see what happens. And over time, like, like, let's see if we can't, you know, find the rhythm uh, that, that best works for, for your student. Um, I would like to think, I mean, like, anyway, I, I, in our youth ministry, we've got a ton of le- leaders who are like into lots of different things. And so I feel like we kind of cover the scope on like a lot of the things that the kids are into. Uh, and then we just have a couple youth leaders, uh, including myself, who just kind of like know a little bit about everything. Like, I mean, I could jump into a conversation about like, you know, video games with this group, you know, anime with this group and then, you know, talk sports with this group and then jump over to this other group. And I, and I have done this. Uh talk you know musical theater so like it's one of these things like like you know what I'm so i feel like we co- we try our best really to cover that gamut and um and our youth leaders are really really good about creating these incredible pockets of family so it, just to kind of give testimony to like uh, one of our groups i i know i know for a fact in one of our small groups um these leaders bought christmas gifts for everybody in their small group circle so like it's like we really do take that to to task for us um and moreover you know we're not just trying to talk to your kid on wednesday we're trying to you know talk to your kid via text on a tuesday we're trying to take your kids out and hang out like on you know on a thursday friday we're also like trying to you know connect with them through our devotional bible app which you can jump in with us at any time if you want visit our youth instagram and jump in if you want it's invitation uh so like we're we're always trying to have those conversations with the kids because we understand that it has faith has to be an ongoing conversation for them so they see god in everything that's our kind of like one of our big scope kind of ideas so yeah man you know for us youth group is definitely uh a a place of community serves as another life group extension branch here at the church so so one more thing and then i'll be quiet um the other thing that you know happens in our kids ministry and happens in the preteens is they have an opportunity to discover their giftings too. Yeah. You know, like one of my, one of my things is by the time they get out of the preteen ministry, I want these kids to feel like they kind of know where they're gifted to be able to use those things in church, whether it be something as simple as being an usher and handing out stuff and setting up, you know chairs or whatever for me or it's learning how to use the computer the same computer system uh presentation software pro presenter that we use in youth or that we use in the kids we use in youth and then we use at big church Mm -hmm. and training them up so that they can do those things so that it's not like once they reach a young adult they feel like okay i'm out of youth group now what do i do Mm -hmm. where do i fit in big church you know sorry big church no no Um, but but no, you've already learned how to do that, and it it it, it doesn't like our kids don't need to wait until they become young adults to find their place in church and to be part of the community. Right, because you're part now. Yes, they have something to offer now, and in really, fact, it in is. In fact, if they did wait that long, when they're, they're young gone. adults, they have no they idea yeah. how to do that. Yeah, they they may even just be gone. Yeah. yeah, and so they need to learn at these. Hey, how do I fit in the community? What my gifts are and stuff. And and they really do do it, and it really is ministry. It may not look exactly like the adult ministry or quite as polished, but that doesn't mean they're not doing ministry. When I say, "Hey, can you do the computer?" Ba- the stupid remote isn't working for me. Can you go do the computer for me? 
so that we can do kids church this morning without me running back and forth, back and forth. And I have kids who do it. And because of that, ministry happens. And then I have other kids who help, help me hand out stuff. Uh, this week I had one of the guys help hand out the crayon boxes. <laughs> it's not COVID safe, but every time he gave, you know, one of the other kids his box, I mean, there was a huge hug that came along with it. <laughs> like, you want to tell me those kids didn't feel welcomed? You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, kids' ministry is more than glorified babysitting. Yeah. It is a chance for our kids to grow and get connected in church and to form friendships, relationships, the same friendships and relationships we need as adults. You guys should have just come on stage. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, no, sorry. No, no. I know. I no, we get hype. We get hype. No, hyped. that was good. Best, that was yeah, great. Yeah. And no, and, and it's great because also, like, uh, it's not theory for either of you guys anyway. Like, you guys have been doing this. You've seen that happen in the lives of people that you've poured into. You've seen that community form. And I know that from being newer around here, seeing how that has played out. And, like, so you guys are not just kind of – uh, looking at the clouds here, like I mean, you're talking from experience and knowing, yeah, this is the truth. This is how we've seen, you know, a kid's life, a student's life transformed, you know, which is so amazing. So, I'm gonna be quiet now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I talk a lot sometimes. But. All right, cool. No, no. So yeah, that's all great stuff, guys. It's really exciting. So. uh as we wrap up, I had, I don't know, I had a couple things. I, I told you guys I'm, I'm working on this Lord of the Rings timeline, mm-hmm. and um, I'm really trying to finish it, like, in the next three weeks, three, four weeks. You guys are running out of time. I know, yeah. They just released a synopsis last week, which is why we kicked it into high gear. But but I think uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We, we just waited. We didn't work on it for, like, two months, but it looks really good. I'll show you guys. Um, so once it's out, publish it. I'll put it out there. I think I want to, like may even like sell it or like you can get prints of it or something mm-hmm. um so it's pretty cool but uh that's what i was working on this weekend so it's, it's, nice. it's pretty fun nice so yeah but anyway uh hey thanks so much for joining us we'll see you next time this has been pastor matt pastor jamal pastor todd we'll see you next time peace bye